Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Welcome everyone to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff, and I have my very good friend, Alex McFarlane, back again with me today. And if you missed yesterday's show, it's been archived. You need to go back and watch it. You're going to be blessed today as well as so many were blessed yesterday. Before I get into our guest and what's on his heart concerning some current events and even the, the church today and how do we relate to all that's going on in our world. I've got a few great announcements for you and I want to encourage you to call in at uh, 719-619-2341. 719-619-2341. Did I get that right? You did. Man, I've memorized the number here better than my own phone number. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's pretty good. Well, I want to encourage you to not only call in, I would like to see uh, some of you that could call in and add to, in a positive way, whatever you're hearing today, and just your comments. There's some things that are happening in Europe today that I got wind of in the sense of the statements I've made in the past about carbon footprints and how that they will eliminate or try to minimize our, mobi our mobility and find us one day. And, and that's an assault on the gospel. I'm called by Jesus to go into all the world and preach the gospel, and yet evil today is trying to shut us all down. And so there's some things going on in Europe that, boy, I believe in these sources, but I didn't get the information on limited travel now in Europe. So if you know anything about that, please call in and, and, and encourage us in that. Some of our announcements and upcoming events, uh, there's the Stand Foundation and the Called Church Service 2024. Stand Foundation and the Called Church Service, uh, January the 27th, and that is with our, our beloved brother, the Bishop E.W. Jackson, and Andrew will be speaking at that meeting. And that's January the 27th, January the 27th, and the, the location is 700 Conference Center Drive, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23320 United States. Uh, again, uh, the Bishop E.W. E. Jackson ran for president and was running for president this year. And I know he has some great things to say and, and some things that I believe will still be helpful to the body of Christ in regards to this upcoming election. And our beloved Andrew always has something great to say, and so you'll, you'll need to make time to be there. You can register at StandAmerica, StandAmerica.us, StandAmerica.us. Exciting, exciting news. Flashpoint is coming to Karis Bible College uh, for two days, and they're going to do their broadcast live right here at the Karis Bible College campus and that's February the 8th and the 9th. February the 8th and the 9th. Our address is 800 Gospel Truth Way, Woodland Park, Colorado, 80863 is the zip code. 
Again, you can register for this event, and I would encourage you to do it at awmi.net slash events. We will be airing those, those meetings live, and on the 8th, it'll be 7 p.m. 7 p.m. live, you can, you can go to awmi.net slash events, and you can watch this live. I mean, these guys at Flashpoint are cutting edge, and that'll be a blessing for you. So I want to encourage you to do that. 7 p.m., the live feed starts on the 8th. If you're coming in person, the doors will open at 6 p.m. Also on the 9th, we have two live feeds coming out of Karis Bible College. Uh, on the 9th, we'll have a 9 a.m. feed with Flashpoint, and then we'll have them again at 7 p.m., they really are awesome, and I know that that will bless you. I want to encourage you to interact with our website, awmi.or actually it's truthandliberty.net. Truthandliberty.net. And we have um, resources available for you that will help you, encourage you, inspire you, and hopefully inform you as we come into this next election cycle that I'm telling you, it, it, it's not going to be good. Um, evil is be, has been emboldened, and people are absolutely bent on destroying the country. And uh, we need to see again a, a move of God, a work of God in our politics. And that's going to take information, going to take uh, information you can rely on. And so, right there at our website, we have many sources available for you to encourage you in in the Lord and in what is happening in your, 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 your country. And I know that'll help. Also, we have our messages, our archived, our live feed that is being experienced right now will be archived. And so you can go back and watch archived uh, broadcast, which again, I would encourage you to go back and watch yesterday's. It was awesome. Well, I have back with me again, my good friend, Alex McFarland. Uh, thank you for being a part. You're such a blessing. Well, back at you, brother. <laughs> it's an honor to be on. You know, I just was blessed talking to you yesterday and I've appreciated you for so long. And uh, Dwayne, just to get to know you as a friend is a blessing. I texted my wife last night and I said, she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm with a sheriff. <laughs> and uh, anyway, you in trouble. <laughs> no, praise God. Hey, um, listen, I want to talk about the Flashpoint event just a little bit. And Absolutely. It really is a blessing to be on Truth and Liberty. And folks, you know, with so much going on in the world, if you're a born again believer, and I hope you are, uh, these are great times of opportunity for the gospel. Now, I know there's a lot of bad stuff in the world, but look, what an opportunity. Uh, you're on the road ministering, you're on media ministering. Andrew, like you mentioned, is going to be in Chesapeake, Virginia with the man, E.W. Jackson. You know, uh, I've been with E.W. in many conferences and uh, he preaches and uh, he has to wait because there's so many ovations. I'm serious. Uh, he can preach the paint off the walls, as they say. <laughs> but um, Flashpoint, I was looking at this, Karis, uh, February 8 and 9. My goodness, uh, Lance Wallnow and um, Mike Lindell of MyPillow.com. Yes. And I was just on Lindell TV about three days ago. And that, that was a great honor. But that event, February 8th and 9th, and it's you can find it at awmi.com net slash events. 
I'm in my mind sitting here thinking, I got to be here for that one, you know. But a lot of good things going on, aren't there? Yeah, I, I really wish I could be here. I, I'm almost disappointed I'm doing a conference in Florida yeah. at that time. But these brothers are amazing. What God's doing in their life is amazing. Uh, we, were, we were actually in a meeting, we can probably tell it now, but uh, we were in a confidential meeting uh, with EW, he zoomed in, and uh, I got so tickled at Alex, he announced to us in confidence that he was going to run for president. Yeah. And so we went on for about a half hour yeah. uh, brainstorming and what is God doing and what do we need to do here at uh, Truth and Liberty because EW is a part, Bishop, the Bishop is a part of Truth and Liberty. Amen. And so anyway, it was ending and, and, and my good brother Alex went, I just want to be the first one to say, uh, thank you, uh, Mr. President, for yeah. being a part of our service. <laughs> so well, we got to call him Mr. President. Yes, we did. It was great. It was great. Well, you know, God has raised up so many great leaders, and we're all traveling and ministering, and we want to see an awakening in the body of Christ. Uh, and I want to share about one event that the Lord's allowing me to do in July, but I was talking today, I, I taught over in, uh, at Karis in a class, Biblical Worldview Level 2. Now we do a Biblical Worldview 1, and then the Level 2 is the second year students. Everybody up here, Dwayne, as you know, they say, my goodness, what God has done, the world is coming to Karis Bible College. Absolutely. People are getting trained. They're going back around the world, throughout North America and beyond. And let me tell you, uh, folks, be encouraged. The Lord is on His throne. God is in control. The Spirit of God is ruling and overruling. Now, Satan's busy because his time is short. Very short. But God is in control. Absolutely. And aren't we blessed to be a part of what he's doing? So blessed. Let me encourage you, brothers and sisters, even in the things we're going to be covering today, that you can make a difference. You are making a difference. That you can experience the supernatural. Uh, Brother Alex is talking about his class. I had a class today, and we're I was going to ask you some questions toward the end. We might not, hmm. we might not wait till the end now because you took me in a direction here. But my class was on divine guidance hmm. and how God wants to lead us in these troubled waters. God wants to speak to us in all of this darkness. To, to now be salt, and, and I don't want you to come back to this, be thinking about it for a minute, and light. Amen. And light. This is, we live in the most awesome times ever to be salt now and the need. Man, even as a minister now, my job security has shot off the, off the charts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I've got something to say now and people need to hear it. Uh, and you have something to say and they need to hear you. And Karis is a place to be equipped with a biblical worldview. Uh, I wanted to ask you the question, remember salt and light, we'll get to that, but I wanted you to ask you to, to explain the difference, if there is one, between how you say it, a biblical worldview, and how I say it, um, Judeo-Christian principles. Mm -hmm. I'd, like, I'd like to elaborate on that, we didn't get to it yesterday. But just be encouraged, I know it's so easy to get your eyes on what the enemy's doing, because he's emboldened right now, uh, but God is not finished. God is not through. Uh, I believe a third great awakening has already begun. Yeah. I'm even running into, Alex, I'm running into people who don't know Jesus that have better sense and better eyes to see what's really happening than some of these so-called Christians that I've been involved with. 
Yeah. Uh, have you experienced anything oh, like that? Yeah. You know, I was uh, down in Atlanta changing planes last year and had to get on a bus because the, the tram was broken. Anyway, so I get on this bus with about 50 people and I had a satchel and there was a lady and she goes, well, you, you must be a, a professor, that satchel. And I said, well, I'm an instructor at a Christian college in Colorado. And she goes, really? And, and I said, are, are you a Christian? And she goes, no, she was a Jewish lady. She said, um, no, I'm not spiritual at all. She said, but something is wrong with this world. And she looked at me, she said, we just need God to intervene. <laughs> and she kind of paused and I, I said, yes, ma'am, we do. And um, she was asking me and all these people leaned in and they're like listening to me. And here was a, not a born again lady, Jewish lady. And I was sharing Jesus and I said, well, ma'am, I, I, if I can tell you, I think Jesus is the Messiah, the savior of the world. And I'm, you know, trying to share the gospel and all these people are nodding in agreement. They were like professional people. I don't know what they did, but she said, our country just needs God. Amen. And I said, yes, ma'am. And I looked around the bus. I said, the good news is he says close by as a prayer. And that begins, and I'm sharing the gospel. Uh, let me just give a brief commercial, if I could. Uh, July 12th through 14th, and of course there's, you know, 50, 11 things between now and then, but I'm going to be in Western North Carolina at the Cove, the Billy Graham Conference Center, and I'll be teaching 1 John, uh, your identity, your authority in Christ. And I would love for people to come to this. Now, it seats about 350 people. It always fills up, but it is world-class, the accommodations, the food. But I'm telling you, at the Billy Graham Center, it's near Asheville, and it's called The Cove. The website is thecove.org. And put my name in the space bar. Angie and I will be there July 12th through 14th. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I will tell you, we will have revival. Last year we did it. This will be my, my 18th year. The Holy Spirit uh, broke out in a big way. I mean, there, there were some intense moments, if you can imagine, 350 people singing, praying, praising God, the scriptures. Uh, I'd love for you to be there Amen. with us. And Amen. we will see what God has for all of us this summer at the Cove. Well, everything starts, it begins and ends, brothers and sisters, with your, your identity. And, and this is something that uh, I want to encourage you in again. If we knew who we were in Christ, then there wouldn't be any question on what we need to do. People are asking everywhere I go, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Now, as the election comes closer, I'm going to have some guests on uh, that have been elected uh, in local government and, and practical things we need to be doing in regards to our civil uh, duties uh, uh, as it relates to, to government and good government. Uh, but you and I need to understand who we are because everything we do comes out of an understanding of who we are. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, most believers do not know who they are in Christ. And that was what my ministry was, was built on. And so I want to encourage you to, to go in here, Alex, and I know that you'll be, you'll be blessed. Um, as, that, as, as what's on my heart that we didn't get to yesterday, we didn't get to Bill Maher. I yeah. wanted to get to that. Okay. Uh, because my point earlier about, I'm even seeing Christians see the evil. I mean, unbelievers see the evil. 
of the woke movement. Oh yeah. And and Bill Maher's one of them. And I'm not a Bill Maher fan, and yeah. I'm not promoting Bill Maher. And Bill Maher is uh, I don't want to judge him, uh, but I'm just saying uh, everything I hear is not Christ-like or God-centered. But even people like him are saying we're in trouble, and yeah. this is wrong. Yeah. And, and so I'd like to start. I, I want to hear your Bill Maher story. Yeah. I think they would love it. Because uh, you had the privilege of being on there, yeah. which wow, what an honor! Um, you had mentioned yesterday, you know, salt and light, and this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew chapter five, I think it's either thirteen or fourteen. Mm-hmm. But you, 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 you are the salt of the earth. Yeah, we're we're not we're not the salt of the church. Yeah, yeah, we're the salt of the earth. Well said. Uh, you are the light of the world, world not the light in the church. And so it amazes me when I engage in any kind of cultural issue, which is the world. Yeah. People, good Christians, push back that we don't have any business, you know, talking about culture or or, or, or politics or, or things. And how do you how do you square that with who we are? Hmm. We well, are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We are. And listen, over the last two thousand years of church history, all of the things that have been to the betterment of the human race, whether it be, um, you know, the idea of freedom and liberty and human rights and even caring for the elderly. In the, in the Roman Empire, life was cheap and it was a very brutal uh, culture. And you know what? I've read a number of books. There's a great book by the late D. James Kennedy called What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? Mm. And he documents how, because Christians have an ethic of life. And we know that you're made in God's image. And when we honor our neighbor and love our neighbor, we're honoring the one whose image they bear. Well, Christians would go out and care for the elderly. And let's say a baby was born with birth defects and it would be thrown on a garbage pile. And it would be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Historically, it would be. Yeah. Uh, and Christians Infanticide would, was common oh, in the Roman Empire. Infanticide and even... I didn't mean to interrupt. That. No, that's okay. But um, the church has always been the cup of cold water in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. The, the love and the care and the charity and the compassion ministries. And so just as throughout the Roman Empire, throughout the Middle Ages, throughout the colonial era, again, we are to be at, as the, in the Old Testament they would say, at the city gates. That's exactly mean, meaning yeah. Yeah. that we are to be oh, involved in culture. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me quickly. I want you to come back and still clarify the difference even between salt and light. Uh, you didn't get there yesterday. Yeah. Uh, see, as a believer, why, why do we want to elect people that know God, that honor God, that fear God, like Moses taught us, to put in authority uh, in the book of Exodus? Uh, we have a a governor on our heart, the Holy Spirit, as a believer. And uh, it doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that we're never wrong. It doesn't mean we're infallible. It means we have a governor. We have a governor. We have a moral compass. And, and so there's a check. People who don't know God and the evil we're seeing today, they have no governor. They have no check. The evil they're doing today will not be the end. What they're trying to impose on the masses, it won't be the end. It's just like the difference between, again, liberal and conservative. I want to be just left alone. I'm not imposing anything on anybody. I'm inviting people to Jesus, but I don't impose people and demand by law that they listen to me or that they be canceled or anything else. But people who don't know the Lord, that that embrace darkness, 
um, they don't have a governor on the darkness of their heart today. Tomorrow will be worse. And that's what we're seeing. And that's why we're believing for this, this awakening, because it's the Holy Spirit and the church and government, Romans 13, that puts a restraint on evil. Real quick, uh, I used to, when I was younger, uh, I'd get attacked over anything culturally quick. And, and they would say, well, you, you're, you're, you're just trying to impose morality. I know you've been accused of that. Yeah. That we're just trying to impose morality. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to impose. And I know what they're trying to say. I can't impose and make somebody get saved, make them do good, make them quit evil. But if, if we don't have laws that are based in morality, evil will impose on the masses immorality and they'll use government to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a famous quote, I'm sure you've heard it by a colonial leader named Edmund Burke. He <laughs> said, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Amen. And, and that's why the church is to be a restraining force, the, a force of, of good. You know, the, the very first um, Supreme Court Chief Justice was a man named John Jay. He was uh, really kind of, in a way, the founder of the Supreme Court. And he said this, it's a very great statement. He said, Providence has given us the privilege of choosing our rulers. Amen. In other words, we don't have to be under a dictator. We can and we have uh, the ballot box. And that's why every Christian must be registered to vote. And I want to encourage pastors. And I've, I've been a pastor and I, I know the fine line of diplomacy. Pastors think they have to walk. Pastors, you need to speak clearly about your flock being informed and voting. John Jay said, we have the privilege by God's gift of choosing our leaders, right? Therefore, he said, as a Christian nation, and he presupposes we're a Christian nation. John Jay said, we should select and prefer Christians for our leaders. End of quote. Now, that was the first Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. Amen. And I don't, I don't know if they would say that nowadays, but he was right. I can tell you they wouldn't yeah. and couldn't, and they would be accosted and attacked and picketed. Their houses would be picketed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 We've, got, we've, we've fallen so far it, from, we, we from really God's have. grace. Um, do you remember the name um, uh, Billy Sunday? Yeah. He was an evangelist. He was a baseball player in the early part of the 20th century, very colorful figure. But um, in his day, he had about a two-decade period where Billy Sunday, they say 100 million people came to hear him preach on what they used to call the sawdust trail. And somebody asked him late in his life, how did you have so many people come forward? And it seemed like when he would preach, uh, people would get heavy under conviction. He said, name the sins. <laughs> it wasn't just this. Yeah. And, and yeah. I know we can't convert anybody. It's the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit of God convicts, converts. We know that. But I will say, when you're very specific in what you're laying out there, people respond. And Billy Sunday said, if you want people to repent from immorality, preach against immorality. If you want people to repent from bootlegging, preach against bootlegging. Now, I, I think we pastors and leaders, and if you're a Sunday school teacher, everybody has a realm of influence. I think as the Spirit leads, but we've got to be very clear, you know, and say, look, if we Christians and we persons of conviction, if we don't assert our voice, the darkness will. Yes. It will. It absolutely will. 
And if, if, if you don't speak the truth in love, even as pastors, parents, uh, who will? Where are the young people going to hear the truth? They're not going to hear it on the six o'clock news. They're not going to hear it on college campuses. They're not going to hear it uh, in the culture anymore. You know, years ago when you and I were young, I mean, the culture was saturated with Christianity. It didn't mean they were saved. It doesn't mean they were all good people, but it meant certain standards of morality was accepted by everyone and, and adhered to by anyone who didn't want to be uh, shamed. Yeah. Uh, that's gone. Right. We have young people today. I meet young people today, brothers and sisters, and he, Alex, has a ministry to teens. Uh, we need to talk about that too. And we, you, you didn't clarify salt and light yet. I'm not right, going to lay you off the hook. All right, all right. Uh, but if we do not speak with clarity, I'm not talking about guilt. Alex isn't saying, hey, let's start getting back to the hell and fire and damnation and screaming and hollering and sweating and slinging snot like a Brahma bull. I, I'm yeah. not talking about that. I don't think he's talking about that. We're talking about holiness that's real and that, look, folks, this is wrong. God loves you, but it's wrong. God came to save you. You can come out of it through faith in Christ. If we don't get back to that, we're, we're losing a whole generation. Again, I meet young people who don't know living together is wrong. Right, right. They really don't yeah, know. Now, know. I'm not saying they haven't been convicted by the Holy Spirit of the knowledge of sin. I'm saying the culture is so hard and they've hardened their hearts that they really aren't sure. Is that really wrong? Is marriage, is marriage really an institution of God? Yeah. They have come by their ignorance legitimately. They, yeah. And we've got to turn that around by speaking the truth in love. We're going to run out of time, but you've got to get started. Uh, What's the difference between I'm salt and I'm light? Oh, great, great question. Well, Jesus spoke of the church as being both of those things. You are the salts of the earth. You're the light of the world. You know, in the ancient world, salt was like currency, very valuable thing. And in ancient uh, Israel, they could ratify a, a covenant with salt. There, there was one thing called a salt covenant. In other words, mm. it was a very valuable thing. But salt was medicinal. Mm -hmm. Salt had healing properties. You, you talk about rubbing salt in the wound, you know. It would sting, but it would heal. And I honestly believe, uh, Pastor, that when we are called to be salt, we are called to speak righteousness. We're called to invite sinners to repentance. Uh, then the light of the world. Uh, light dispels darkness, right? It's a dark world. And I love in John chapter 1, it says, the light shined in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. Now, pastors say to me, they'll go, Brother Alex, I watch you on Truth and Liberty, and I know you guys have your thing, but I, I'm just to preach the love of God. Amen. Look, if it's light, 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 that's one thing, but what about the salt? Now, it shouldn't be just salt either. We need both and, Amen. not just either or. Salt and just like talking about the righteousness of God, that's healing, that's medicinal. I'm glad when husbands are true to their wives. I'm glad when parents sober up and provide for their children. Amen. I'm glad when young people are raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's a good thing. I'm glad when lost people get saved. Brother Dwayne, I am glad that as a 21-year-old college kid, and I thought I knew some things, but I was lost, and uh, a girl named Angie that I'm going right after this show to pick up at the airport. <laughs> and I'm going to have to let you go quick. Go ahead. <laughs> and then, then a, a dear pastor, Mark Sink, he's in heaven. I did his funeral last year. But 30 years ago, he said, you know, Alex, uh, you're a good kid, but you need to get born again. And you, are you saved? 
somebody cared enough about me to set in front of me the gospel, and I knew I had a decision to make. Mm. Now, that's being salt and light, isn't it? Amen. You know, I'll, I'll spin off and we'll go to a break. Uh, a pastor saying, well, I'm just called to love people. What kind of love wouldn't warn someone of an eternal place called hell where there's gnashing of teeth and mm. fire and screaming? Mm. What kind of love says, well, I, I don't want to go there. That's not love. If I knew a bridge was out and Alex was on the trail of that bridge, wouldn't love warn him? Yeah. Not condemn him, beat him up, be mean. But I would, I would, uh, brother, you got to get off of this road. Turn around. Uh, turn around, repent. And not because I'm self-righteous and I'm right and you're wrong, Alex. Mm. The bridge is out and you're going to die. Love would never let anyone continue down that road knowing the end thereof. So we have to reevaluate, my, my, my good brothers and sisters, what is God's love? What does it mean to love people? Um, I'm excited about having Alex with me again. That's the fastest half hour of my life. I'll be back in 90 seconds. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth Liberty and become a member today. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Dwayne Sheriff, your host today here at Truth and Liberty. I've got my good friend Alex McFarland with me, and uh, I tell you, we have more fun off the air than we have on the air. Uh, I love just going back and forth with him. He's just full of, of information that is, is relevant to what's going on today, and his ministry is just tremendous. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go to the phones here quickly and then come back to Alex again. Again, I want to invite you to call us at 719-619-2341. 719, area code, we got that, 619-2341. We would welcome and love to hear your comments. And if you can add to the program, that's what I love when I'm hosting. I like some of the calls that add something to the program and is a blessing to the listeners. We'd love to hear your comments. You'll have to make them brief, but we sure love to hear them. <laughs> I've got a, a caller on the line now that is familiar and has actually become a, a, a blessing to me and the show, and that's Frank from Missouri. 
Uh, Frank, my friend, thank you for calling. Uh, what's your question for our good friend Alex today? Well, the brother just opened. You, you guys are double teaming the devil. That's all I'm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've put a hurting for certain on the devil already today. I Glory to God. That, Frank, so thank you. <laughs> hey, the other last time, Pastor. I was just overwhelmed with the, like right now, obviously. But, and I do got a question from the beginning of the show. But after I got off that program, I've been telling people about you. In fact, I was in this little hamburger place here with the, with the what do you call it, with my phone and showing, hey, this is Pastor Dwayne. <laughs> Thank you for being a missionary for me. Yeah, maybe I could get him to come to come to. Hey, this is what I wanted to tell you before I ask the question. If it could brief is, they would probably move heaven and earth for you to come here, Pastor Dwayne. I'm coming to Missouri, Frank. I promise, I'm coming to Missouri. I did a counterculture, or actually a culture conference which was the most amazing wow. conference of my life. I, I was shocked that a church actually invited me and a bunch of churches, and we packed the place out with me preaching and teaching on culture. Uh, it's the first time I've ever been asked to address culture, uh, and it was in Missouri. And so I'll be back, so watch my website, and you'll see when I'm there. I'd love to meet you one day, Frank. All right, let's get to your question uh, for Alex today. And I do got a question, but let me just make one more sentence about one more, and that's it, Frank. There is a Karis church here. I t I told yeah, who was wowing me here in St. James, Missouri. Yep, and amen. There's two doctors, they yeah, doctor, uh, yeah. Anyways, that medical doctors that gave up their medical profession in order to be able to preach the gospel. It is it's a glorious place. And wow, they would move heaven and earth. I'm I'm surprised I'm I'm surprised I haven't been invited to be honest if it's a Karis church but that's beside the point. Let's, I'm gonna give you one more shot, Frank. What's your question? <laughs> this is the question. So how how do you, how do you maintain? Uh, you guys were talking about uh, uh, about the church not knowing uh, who they are in Christ. So how do you how do you maintain uh, being in Christ? and then knowing who you are in Christ. Excellent mm -hmm. question. I'm going to I'm going to bow out cuz I'll take up the rest of the broadcast. Uh, go ahead. Well, uh, in in my own heart and life it's by believing what the scripture says. You know, uh, when I got saved, uh, the devil began to whisper in my ear, God doesn't love you. You've been a bad sin. All the drinking, cursing, uh, taking the Lord's name in vain. We had a little family farm, and I haven't told this much, but as a teenager, I stole out of my daddy's cash register. Mm -hmm. That's bad. And I thought, maybe I'm not saved. Maybe I'm unsavable, uh, as bad a sinner as I was. And Brother Frank and Brother Dwayne, I, I would pray the sinner's prayer over and over. And I knew I'd been born again. My life was changed. But I'd be like lying in bed trying to go to sleep. And I thought, what if I'm lost? Man, what if I die in my sleep? I might go to hell. Now, I knew my life was different. God was working in me. 
I had accepted Christ. The Holy Spirit of God was in my life. But I began to read the Bible. And Frank, to your question, and there might be somebody listening right now, but I read 1 John 5.13 said, These things were written to you who believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life. K-N-O-W. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it under the day of Jesus Christ. Now, for me, what got me off the treadmill of doubt and self-condemnation was to, I, I thought, Lord, I am going to believe what your word says. And your word says, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. And so I think that's the important thing of feeding on the word of God. Absolutely. Building your, not only your emotions, your confidence, your reality. And of course, there's the work of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's uh, Ephesians 4.30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. Super glue. You know, the old saying, uh, you know, I, I'm a religious nut, but I'm screwed to the right bolt. <laughs> and I got a lock washer on me too, you know, we're yeah. sealed. But in my case, Dwayne and Frank, it was believing what the Word of God says. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not emotions. Absolutely. And see, the emotions are not the litmus test for truth. They're, the they're, Word of God is. They're real. Your emotions, and people hear us say these things, and I, I thank God for the feedback to help clarify. Yeah. Your emotions are real. We're not yeah. saying you don't have those emotions. Sure. And we're not saying those emotions aren't real. We're saying those emotions are not reliable. See, your emotions can be manipulated by circumstances, by demonic powers. Uh, if someone came into your home right now and you have a six-year-old and they say, I, I, I just saw a six-year-old ran over by a car, your emotions are going to be affected. It doesn't matter if it's the truth or not. And you go outside and this person's a crazy. There was no accident. There was yeah. no six-year-old. But your emotions were, were activated in a negative way over something that wasn't true. And this is the mystery of convert to disciple, yes. of immaturity to maturity, is learning how to discern, learning how to exercise your, your, your senses uh, and bring them under subjection to the Word of God. Let me just say and affirm 100% I did a book. My first book was on identity theft, identity theft. And those of you who know me know I had an open vision of the cross mm -hmm. in May of 1980 and I simply saw, I literally saw me in Jesus on the cross. Amen. I saw God judge me in the flesh of Jesus, punish me, that old man. that The punishment that Jesus uh, experienced wasn't against Jesus, it was against me. And so I just had a revelation. Well, after that, after that vision, I was shook up. I had to get in the scriptures though to verify. And I saw me die in him, buried in him, raised with him, seated with him, and now ruling and reigning with Jesus. I had a vision of that. And it was the scriptures though that gave me the confidence of what I even saw, that this is the gospel. This is Amen. who we are now. Uh, you were a different man in Adam that your flesh still bears, and you're a new man now in Christ that your spirit bears. And the only way you can see your spirit, uh, Frank, and uh, our other listeners, is in the mirror of God's Word. Amen. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and life. God's Word is a mirror of the Spirit. There's angels here right now. Amen. They're here. Amen. You could put a gun to my head and say, deny the reality of angels, 
and I'm going home to be with Jesus because I would say there are angels here and I have never seen one that I know about. Mm -hmm. Hebrews says we've entertained angels and didn't know it. We were unaware. But I've never seen an angel with these, these eyes. But I've looked in that mirror of the Word of God that reveals the kingdom that's right here right now and God has given His angel charge over you and me. I believe an angel yelled at me once. I believe an angel, angel saved me one time. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time. I'm curious to hear your story. You're the guest. Well, I, I want to share that. But let, let me just say one thing, uh, John 6, 40. And, and I really, uh, early in my Christian life, and I, again, I, I knew I had accepted Christ. I knew I was born again. I had the Holy Spirit. Uh, but the devil had me on this treadmill of worry and doubt. And this was before Angie and I got married and I was just working. But I, one night I was alone in my room and I just said, Lord, I'm going to believe your word. And I opened my Bible, John 6, 40. And of course, God cannot lie. John 10, 35, the scripture cannot be broken. But Jesus said this, whoever sees the son, S-O-N, whoever sees the son and believes in him will have everlasting, may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Now, to see the Son means to understand that He is the Son of God and He was nailed to Calvary's cross for you, for Dwayne, for me. And if there's anybody uh, watching and you're, you're just unsure, but you want to know that you know that you're born again, then there's a number. Let me give this number for prayer. And I was talking to some students earlier today that work in the prayer center and the nicest, sweetest people ever. And they just want to encourage you. That number is 719-635-1111. If you want to make sure, and tonight, don't go another day, don't go another minute. Know that you have Jesus in your life. But you know, you mentioned uh, God will give his angels charge over us. So I was driving from Tupelo to Memphis for an early morning flight, about 5.30 a.m. flight. Got to be at the airport an hour early. It's an hour and a half drive. And folks, don't ever drive sleepy. Don't drive sleepy. But I, I left out of Tupelo, Mississippi, probably at three in the morning. Uh, highway, I think it's 78, driving to the Memphis airport. It's not a soul on the road. And I'm, I'm like nodding off and I'm sleepy and I should have not been so risky. Well, suddenly a voice and Dwayne, it was as real as anything, shouted, Alex, and it woke me up. Well, in the, in the lane was a semi that had broken down. Mm. It's 3.50 in the morning. I'm driving 60 miles an hour. It was not on the shoulder. It was in that lane. And this, I know it would have decapitated me. Mm. I swerved and I missed it with one second to spare. I can hear it in my head right now. It was either the Lord or one of his angels shouted and woke me up. Amen. And I, I said, Lord, I am sorry for being such, so reckless. But yes, there, I, I believe in guardian Amen. angels, ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. That's exactly am I right? right. You are <laughs> right on. Uh, Frank, I don't know if you're still there. Uh, uh, if you've held on through that, we didn't, we didn't get back with you. I was just trying to say, and I want to end it, and then I'll give you one shot for a, for a, a comment. Uh, that you cannot maintain your faith in, in the new creation, who you are in Christ, without the mirror of God's Word. 
and you just get in it daily. It says again that you are a new creation, not going to be one, you are one. You are righteous and truly holy. Yeah, but I've done this. Yeah, I know you did. Thank God you are righteous and truly holy by nature now in the new birth. Now you can run to God, not from God. So you have to stay in the Word of God. Are you still there, Frank? Yes, sir. Yeah. I'll give you one more one more comment, and then we got to move on. Yeah, well, you know what Brother Alec was was talking about, uh, uh, Billy Sunday, that, uh, yeah, that guy went preaching through, you know, to, to have that kind of a manifestation of the power of the Lord mm. to uh, uh, close, the, uh, that was a hundred years ago, the the, the dust bowl, uh, yeah, he preached in, in the Depression, and yep. the sawdust trail, and, yep. and, and bars are still closed down in Illinois, and I was where he went, went preaching through there. Amen. That, that, that's the Amen. power of the Lord, man. And that's what's coming. God is going to empower. I, I believe that this great awakening, now I may be wrong about this. This is my own personal. The Lord hadn't showed me this. But I really believe one of the things we're going to see in this third great awakening are not necessarily just personalities and individuals, but we're going to see an awakening of the body of Christ and God is pouring out. He's been doing it, but I believe we're going to receive it on our sons and daughters and our handmaidens and men servants. And all of us are going to start mm. to prophesy Amen. under the anointing of God. I'm not talking about goofy stuff. I'm talking about prophesying the will of God in a known tongue under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and lives being changed. We're going to see the supernatural. I want to get to you about the supernatural Amen. and being led by the supernatural. Let's go back to our phones and honor our callers because we really encourage you to call. Uh, Mary from Michigan, uh, thanks for being a partner of Truth and Liberty. And thank you for calling us. Uh, we welcome Hi. your question. Thank you. Hi, Dwayne. And hi, Alex. I love you guys. You guys are the, the best. I am so um, blessed by your shows, Andrews, Carrie, uh, Barry, everybody. I, I am. They're awesome. Amen. They're all awesome. This is, this is where God is bringing people to be equipped. Go ahead, Mary. So my question is for you, men, is that, okay, this um, invasion that's coming to our country, 10 million people, most of these men, my friend and I are noticing that they're young and they're young military looking type guys. Yes. So at first, when this all was happening and Biden, who told President Trump uh, before he got elected that he was going to bring 11 million illegals in and he's done it, I felt that they were going to do it because they wanted the vote. Now I'm thinking maybe he's doing this because he wants these men to be military. And maybe they're planning on, you know, making them an army against us because of all what they're doing, they don't want our Trump back in and they're doing everything possible to degrade him and to make him not be reelected. So what do you guys think? Do you think that that could be some kind of a plan that this administration is planning, that they're going to overtake the government with these younger Group. Well, I well, let me lean in quick. Uh, demographic, uh, demographic destiny is a word that the left has used. They accuse the right of, of uh, creating that when the right brings it out. Anybody, a Christian, conservative, or just a pastor like myself that brings out what they're saying, uh, they'll attack you and accuse you of that kind of mindset. But this uh, democratic, dem demographic destiny is an attempt to change the electric and to, and to empower 
uh, the Democratic Party. It is by design. Uh, so I haven't, I haven't left that thought because it's right in front of me of what they're doing. It's by design. It's not by accident. It's by design. Uh, but secondly, one of the things about government, and I'd be so curious to hear your thoughts, Alex, uh, that in my, it was in my uh, latter years that I began to see, I didn't see this in my early adult years, even as a pastor, of how evil governments create a crisis and that's an opportunity for them to now be the savior. And so they'll create the problem and that's what governments do. They create these problems then they blame somebody else, but claim they're the answer to the problem that they created. So what's happening now is there are people, I think in both political parties, that would love to see a terrorist attack, that would love to see something collapse and a great crisis so that they can leverage that crisis now to empower themselves more and to disempower the average citizen. So I think a lot of what's happening at the border, even with uh, allowing what you're saying, uh, Mary, uh, is we have terrorists coming across that border. There's no doubt in my mind about it. And uh, they're just waiting. And, and I think some of them in their evil and their vain evil imaginations are hoping for a, a terrorist attack so that they can in, invoke the uh, Patriot Act. I think it was called the Patriot Act, pa Patriot Act to where they, they take our civil liberties away from us in the name of protecting us. Mm. So there, there's, a, there's something afoot that's not right for sure. I really shouldn't have took that long. Uh, Alex, what do, you, what do you think? Well, uh, Mary, thanks for being a partner and thanks for listening and your, your kind sentiments. Uh, a year ago, I was preaching in some border towns in Texas, down near uh, the Texas-Mexico border, and uh, I just had several preaching invitations and we ended up staying down there in Southwest Texas for several weeks and I went to a lot of places to preach. Uh, well, I began to meet uh, mayors of small towns and sheriffs and a lot of people because we promoted it on the radio. I, I've got a radio show too called Exploring the Word that is on the American Family Radio Network live five days a week. Anyway, this is the thing, and folks, you need to understand this. Um, part of the responsibility of any government, certainly the constitutional vow that any president and administration makes, is to look after the welfare and the rights of the citizens. Now, uh, I'm going to come back to that, but I'm down in the south uh, part of Texas along the border, and sheriffs were coming to me and they're saying, Brother Alex, is there anything you can do? Uh, we are at our limit. So many illegals are coming and they come and they rob convenience stores and we try to arrest them and law enforcement officers have been shot. But here was the thing, and look, I heard this from half a dozen mayors, leaders. They said there'll be these, uh, like a minivan with New York plates or Chicago, uh, Illinois plates, St. Louis. Um, they'll come, suddenly half a dozen people come out of the bushes and they're taken up into the interior of America. Now, I had a sheriff in Texas, and I look, I can tell you name, place, date, but I'm not gonna do that on live television. They said, they arrested a guy, found this one illegal who had crossed the border, uh, had been trained in China for guerrilla warfare. 
Now, I realize, I realize some people come from South America and they're indigent, they're poor, they're trying to find a better life. But I believe that this administration, the Biden administration, and this really goes back to the Obama years, they have not only allowed but encouraged illegal immigration, the southern border to be open. Um, I was in Tucson, Arizona at a conference, Pastor a lady who owned a, a big ranch in Arizona was talking about how drug lords had come across the border, killed her farmhands deep in the interior of her ranch. She had a bunkhouse where the men worked. Um, she hadn't heard from some of her laborers, and she went, and her half a dozen farmhands had been shot and killed. Drug lords, illegals from South America had taken over her ranch and she could not get the Department of Justice to help her. Now, let me just say this. And, and Obama, back when people were calling in the second Obama term, what about illegal immigration? And we're a less safe nation. Uh, Obama, and he used this phrase, and I quote, he said, well, you know, um, these, uh, the, the dreamers, DACA, you know, they're coming here with a dream, uh, to turn them away, that's not who we are. Do you remember he would say that? I heard him say that. Uh, to turn people away, uh, that's not who we are. Well, let me say, who we are and who we better be are people that follow the rule of law and the constitutional rights of the taxpaying citizens. Now, there is INS, immigration naturalization. People want to migrate here, there are ways to do it. That's right. And I, I've met many people, good people, good people of good faith, who said, look, Alex, we migrated here, we went through the channels, we got legal citizenship. So when people want to come here to the land of milk and honey, they can do it. That's right. But what the liberal Democrats have done is treason, treason, because they've betrayed the U.S. Constitution, they've betrayed the welfare and the rights of American citizens, and frankly, they've betrayed the oath before God that they made to protect America from threats within and without. And, and let me just say that the Republicans that will not stand up against this, will not properly represent the citizens of this country are just as guilty. And so we're not trying to put blame on one party or any individuals. We're saying we've got to stop this and we've got to stop it. And it is righteous to stop it, not unrighteous. It's God's love and compassion for the victims that calls for uh, legal immigration into the country. And let me tell you how evil these people are. This man will be attacked. I eventually, in some, some levels, will be attacked. And these people will not even acknowledge that we said illegal immigration. Mm -hmm. They won't even say the word illegal immigration mm -hmm. because they don't believe in a nation with borders. They believe in this one world order that is the death knell of everybody in the world. And so borders are important. This yeah. is a great question, Mary, because I struggled with it, that uh, is this just a man-made idea of borders? No, if you read the Gospels, you'll find that nations will stand before the Lord and give an account as a nation, and that there will be goat nations and sheep nations. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he talked about nations and making disciples of the nations. Uh, borders are a God concept, not a devil concept. 
you have to have borders in order to have accountability in law and order. Look at how hard it is to hold anybody accountable in the federal government. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine if there's no borders? You can't hold anybody accountable. And if you think human trafficking, trafficking is bad now, if you think fentanyl is bad now, fentanyl is coming across that border and hundreds of thousands of our young people are being killed and nobody cares in government, it sounds like. So this isn't just a Democrat-Republican. The Democrats, boy, I mean, it's easy to look at that. But there's many Republicans, and we got to quit voting for people that, that, that don't understand you're taking a vow to protect us. Man, I'm telling you, this, this can fire people up. Fires me up in a good way that I believe it's a righteous thing to enforce the border. And that's why Biden and the administration won't do it, because they are not righteous. But they live in gated communities. And, 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 and they want to defund the police while they hire security to take care of the, It's just the devil. Hypocrisy. It's hypo hypocritical. It's a lust for power and manipulation again. There's the haves and the have-nots, and that's the mark of communism, too. And where we're headed is all those in government, oh, boy, they're going to have special rights, and they'll have plenty of food, and they'll have plenty of anything. They'll be able to fly all around the world. Their carbon footprint won't matter. Huh? You and I can't go 15 miles without being fined eventually. I think I just got off. No, that's good. Mary, thank you for calling. We need to stop. We're going to a break, and I'm about to, my hair's about to catch on fire. Uh, did we answer the question to your satisfaction, or do you want to follow up? I, I mean, I could talk to you, all, you all, all day long, but I appreciate you so much, and I just, I pray, I'm praying that, that the Lord is, he's got it under control, and Amen. we're going to be fine. Amen. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what happens in the sense. It does matter what happens. I think God wants righteousness in the earth, even if we all know we're not going to see it in perfection till Jesus. But no matter what happens, God is capital S sovereign. We're creating it in his image and likeness, little sovereign. Hmm. Uh, that's his image. That's, that's, that's what makes us human is the image of God. And part of that is righteous judgment, righteous judgments. What is right? And we're just not doing what is right. And all of us know it. Every one of them in Washington, D.C., oh, I've yeah. talked to enough of them. They know what is right, but they're scared. They'll be accosted. I mean, especially if a Republican stands up and tries to make a stand. There's a member of the House of Representatives that come out of my church, wow. and he's on the border uh, committee. And I'll be having him on right here on Truth and Liberty real soon. But right now we're running out of time in this segment. I'll be back in 90 seconds. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through ARMY. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an ARMY member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry, and encouragement our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. 
Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Hey everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. Our goal, our vision, our mission statement is to get as much truth as possible to you because if you'll know the truth, if you'll continue in God's Word, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Well, listen, truth at any level leads to freedom. How do I know who's telling the truth? It'll always lead to freedom. How do I know who's lying? How do I know the voice of the Lamb? It'll always lead to freedom. How do I know the voice of the dragon in Revelation 13, 11? Oh man, it'll always lead to bondage. The devil is the author of all this bondage and he's the father of all these lies. So we are a part of truth and liberty. I've got my good friend Alex McFarland with me and I'm having so much fun. I hope you're enjoying the program. You can call us at 719-619-2341. They've got that number on the screen, 719, area code 619-2341. We'd love to hear your comments. At the end of the program, they seem to start flooding in, so keep them brief on the comments, and if you have questions, we'll lean in. Uh, we had a 90-second break, and Alex and I had the opportunity to collaborate just a little bit, <laughs> and uh, he brought up... Uh, something that has intrigued me my whole life. I'm not as informed as he is, so that's why I have him on here. I want to hear him. But there are basically four different types and forms of government throughout world history. And uh, when we hear people, Alex, talk about how they hate this country, they hate the Constitution, they want to rip it up. But at the end of the day, let's just say we tear it all down. Let's say we burn it down. Let's say we tear down all our statues, remove our history, that's what communists do. You got to get rid of the history mm -hmm. because history will repeat itself if we don't learn it. So you get rid of all the statues, you get rid of all the history, you burn the place down, rip the Constitution up. Where do we go now? We have to have some form of government or it's total chaos, anarchy. It would be horrible. So what are the four? You're, you're, uh, uh, you may be an expert. I don't know. I know you're knowledgeable. What are the four types of government? Why is ours? The best, honestly, the best. it is. Well, the four types of government are monarchy, oligarchy, democracy, and representative republic. Stop right there. Please pay attention, because I think, I hope I know where he's going. If he doesn't, I'll grab it back, and I'll make the point. You'll hear people who are just plain old evil and deceptive talk about this democracy. We're a democracy. Mm -mm. We are not a democracy. We're not a majority rule. That's why you see the meltdown when the majority vote comes in and the electoral college is what elects the president. And people just have a fit because more people voted for this person and, and we're a democracy. We are not a democracy. We're a representative republic. And maybe Alex will Man. get into it. I don't yeah. hear enough people talking about it. There's a difference. Yeah. I'm sorry I interrupted. No. Tell the four again and I, I'll, keep, I'll keep quiet. Yes, there, there's a monarchy, like a king or a dictator. Mo and mono means one. So in a monarchy, there's one guy. Now, let me say North Korea 
is a monarchy mm -hmm. right now. Uh, and that would not be where anybody would want to live. And then there's an oligarchy where a small group calls all the shots, like the USSR under communism. Or the World Economic Forum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or some of these Islamic countries where there's this yes. cobble of some imams. So an oligarchy, uh, and believe it or not, right now, even though on paper we are a representative republic, in some ways we are functioning like an oligarchy we right now. We are. So, a, a police state. Yes. Monarchy, then oligarchy, or democracy. Now, 2,200 years ago, uh, Socrates, I'm sorry, Plato, the Greek philosopher Plato, wrote something called the Republic. And he envisioned, uh, and, and see, in Rome, they had the Senate, and they had people, but they didn't have God. And so it was very brutal. Um, and in Greek culture, it was very, very immoral. And Plato wrote against democracy, because it would be mob rule, you know, which is, it's very strategic, folks. There is no accident that on the, the part of the left, they keep saying, well, January 6th threatened our democracy. No, it didn't. Amen. Because we're not a democracy. That's exactly right. Now, the, when they would write about the Constitutional Convention in 1787, they called it the miracle in Philadelphia. That's what they called it. When they gathered, and you know, they were, what kind of government? What is so unique, I cannot overstate how unique in the term of world history, there'd been kings, dictators, there'd been this nation, that nation. Um, by the way, there was a, there's a book out about five years ago called uh, Vanished Kingdoms, The Rise and Fall of States and Nation by a man named Patrick Davies. And they got together and what the founders said, you know, there was Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, Alexander Hamilton. They said, what if we had this idea that the king of America is God? Uh, Alexis de Tocqueville, the French writer who came here from about 1803 to 1811, he said, you ask who is the king in America? I tell you, friend, he reigns above. Amen. And so what we would do is we would elect representatives who within a biblical framework, they would go and represent the views of their constituents. Do you know what? Never do you send someone to Washington to call the shots as they feel led. Ideally, our representatives are supposed to represent within a Judeo-Christian constitutional framework the views and the best interest of their constituents. Absolutely. Now, what happens is, you know, the sad thing about it, and it's been my privilege, I'm sure you as well, I've known a lot of elected officials. I've met three or four presidents. Um, most senators and congressmen, the first thing they do when they go to Washington on day one is plan their next reelection campaign. <laughs> that's exactly right. Seriously. Yeah. And that's why we need term limits. That's right. Because these career politicians, I mean, Joe Biden is coming up on 60 years yeah. in D.C. Yeah. Talk about being a, a Washington insider, and they go and they, they begin to realize how the bread gets buttered. And the last thing on their mind after, I, you think about Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein and Chuck Schumer and these, these people, these fat cats, the last thing on their mind is the rule of law and the views of the constituents. 
They are in the hip pocket of, of big money and interest. And I, I truly believe, Dwayne, not only would the founders be horrified. Absolutely. Even people like FDR, JFK, and LBJ that were Democrats would be horrified they would. at what the Democrats have become. Absolutely. So we are not a monarchy. We're not an oligarchy. Uh, we are not, certainly not a democracy. We are a Judeo Christian representative republic. And may the dear Lord grant that we restore that. Amen. It's just, you, I mean, that, that's over the top. If you'll just meditate on that for a little bit, it'll help you understand things so much better. You know, a, a democracy is like two wolves and a lamb voting on what's for dinner. Uh, that ain't going to work out good for somebody. And so that's what we mean when we talk about the rule of law. What do we mean by the rule of law? That every individual has certain God-given rights that should be a part of a Judeo-Christian judiciary where the lamb is protected. Well, the lamb in that yeah. scenario has to have rights that you can outvote and now disregard, override, and destroy the lamb's rights. And that's what makes America so great is no matter how much evil abounds, if good people do the right thing and empower people that understand who we are, yeah. a Judeo-Christian representative republic, that's who we are. You don't have to be a Christian to be elected, but you've got to have morals. You've got to have some standards. You've got to at least not be an enemy of the faith or we're going we're gonna to morph into mob rule. And we that's are. where we're headed. The police state is real. I used to think it was a conspiracy theory. Yeah. That was when I was younger. There is a police state. There is a behind the scenes attempt to destroy literally the country and to empower any, a, a select elect. And, and, and we got to get back. This is why your, 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 vote, your right to vote is precious. You know, I have people still asking me, why am I still defending 2020 and, and, and election fraud and let's just move on, let's let this go. Saints, our Constitution and the way the founders set this up, they gave us the power of the vote. We can change things with the ballot and all these other forms of government that Alex just mentioned, they are changed by the bullet. Mm. We don't want to digress into this black hole we're falling into now where change can only come by the bullet. We can change things with the ballot if we, if we guard the election integrity of our elections. Good people will do the right thing in these last days and the country will be saved. Amen. Man, I could, I could talk to you about that forever. Let's go back to the phones and then I, I, I still want you to talk about Bill Maher before we run out of time and your experience on the Bill Maher show because it, it, I love it. Uh, let's go to Miles in New Mexico. Uh, Miles, thank you so much for calling. Um, we really appreciate it. We want to hear from you. Uh, what's your question for Alex? Well, I thank you for having me on the show. I truly uh, respect and honor both of you. You're so smart and such good men of God. I just He's smart. No. He's smart. I am a good man of God, though. But go ahead. He's <laughs> a, a smart man. And Isn't he smart? <laughs> he's just, yeah. he's, he really is brilliant. We, we just I, love Jesus. If you get to talk to him, I don't mean to interrupt, Miles. I'll, I promise I'll let you ask your question. But when you get to know him even okay. privately, uh, I mean, he's not just some dry, mechanical, um, if you will, floodgate of information. He's got 
he's got spirit behind his information. When I hear him talk about different things, I can still hear the Lord. And that's oh. what I love about him. So, Miles, go ahead. What's your question? Yeah, you're so true, Dwayne. Thank uh, you. I would like to uh, ask, a lot of times, you know, the Lord reminds me that I need to pray for my, our leaders. Yes. And we so need to pray for them. But, man, I, I don't know how to pray for them. <laughs> Amen. It seems like uh, they wouldn't listen to uh, oh, a hole yeah. in the wall right now. Yeah. Uh, what a, I mean, I, I appreciate your I appreciate your humility. Uh, I, I think uh, you kind of answered the question a moment ago when you talked about, you know, getting out and vote. We need to pray more for people to get out yeah. and vote. I, I'm going to I'm going to pin Alex down on this. Um, I hope I don't mess him up, but I am going to pin him, pin him down on it. And and Miles, I'm going to go ahead and confess uh, off the air. Off the air, uh, Alex was talking to me about uh, Nancy Pelosi and how he's prayed for her. Uh, or, uh, excuse me, my bad, uh, Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton and how he's prayed for her in the past. And, and I had to just, it just convicted me. I just had to say, uh, honestly, I don't know that I've ever prayed for her. And that's wrong. That's wrong. I, I, she, she has a soul, an eternal soul. Yeah. And uh, so I felt convicted a little bit. Uh, and again, none of us are perfect. I guarantee you, uh, 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 none of us can pray for everybody. Uh, but we should pray for our elected officials. The Bible commands us to do so. That's why I believe we should vote. Why would God tell me to pray and not vote? Uh, he said, don't pray for somebody that's hungry and not feed them. Don't pray for somebody naked and not clothe them. Why would He tell me to pray for somebody to, that's in office and then not engage and vote? So. How, how do you answer that? Miles is very sincere, and there's mm. probably hundreds and thousands of people watching right now. Mm. We know in our heart we should pray, yeah. but man, it, it, how do we pray? How do we pray? It, well, we, we got to remember there are policies and positions with which we disagree, but there are persons, and yes. like you say, an eternal soul. And the sad thing about it is, you know, unless these people get born again, they're going to go to hell. And as much as I despise so much of the socialist unrighteousness of, of many leaders, I, I'm sorry that, you know, I, I know a um, person that was in Washington four years and had a lot of interaction with Nancy Pelosi. And he, he said that um, she always had a, a vodka and was just a, a, probably an alcoholic, you know, and that, that's sad. She needs Jesus Christ. Now, so I pray, but here's the thing, uh, Miles. 1 Timothy 2, 2, Paul says, uh, pray for kings, for those in authority, that we may lead a peaceable life in all godliness. Now, I, I did some study on that passage, 1 Timothy 2, 2, and it says, in other words, we are to pray for, seek after, desire, a culture most conducive to the spread of the gospel. This is why I pray for these people, because I want a free, safe, prosperous America whereby I can have the, the latitude and the resources to go out and evangelize. So we are to pray for kings, for those in authority. Now, we don't have a king, but those in authority, president, cabinet, congress, governors, educators, and 
listen, I um, this might sound naive. Maybe I'm just a little bit naive, but I, I pray for Bill Gates to get saved. Amen. You know, I pray. I have prayed for Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I pray for Joe Biden. Listen. Yes, I he, prayed for Joe. Um, that guy doesn't have all the marbles he was born with. He's going to die soon. And in, okay, January of 2020, he was on the campaign trail, and I quote, candidate Joe Biden, he said, there is no place in the Democrat Party for someone who is not pro-choice. Okay, well, that's all I need to hear. Shortly thereafter, he was in Greenville, South Carolina, and a Catholic priest refused to give him communion because if you're a Catholic, you are not for abortion. And I called this priest, I got him on the radio, and I said, good for you. You're Praise God. I called him up, and he said, well, and of course, in the, in the media, the Catholic priest that withheld communion from candidate Biden was just castigated, and he said, look, it doesn't matter to me. I answer to God, and I'm not going to say Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden is, quote, a good Catholic, and he's out there saying, uh, you can't be a Democrat unless you're pro-choice. Now, folks, let me say, if you're a born-again believer, right there, your, your choice of the person for whom to vote <laughs> is decided right there. Uh, no born-again believer can vote for baby killers. Yeah. I, I, I but hold your thought and maintain it, but I, I remember just watching and trying to trying to be non-biased as best I could. Where are you coming from? When Joe Biden, when Joe Biden said, you're not black, Oh, you remember that? Unless you vote for me. That, that just pretty well did it for me that, boy, that's the path I don't want to be on. That, that's that not you even rational. That you can't even be really black unless you vote a certain way. And, and people get offended when I bring it up. But, but do you want to be called or said to be not black or be not white unless you do this or you do that? Where is that going to go? Well, let, let me say this. Now, hold that thought. And, and uh, Brother Miles and everybody watching, we're making quotes that are matters of record. Okay. In 1963, uh, civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a book called Why We Can't Wait. It's a good book. I would urge you to read it. I've, I've read that book in its entirety a dozen times. It won a Pulitzer Prize, and it is steeped in Scripture. There, there are Bible verses throughout that. Dr. King predicates the validity of the civil rights movement on the fact that we're made in God's image. Now, here's the thing. He says in that book, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and I'm sharing this because Biden said, if you don't vote Democrat, you're not even black. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., in that book, he talks about the fact that he is a registered Republican. Yeah, that and, blew me away. And he <laughs> says, and I quote, what well, he, he says, because of some of the abuses, some of my, and his word, not mine, his word, he said, some of my Negro brethren have become disenchanted and have become Islamic. And he said, and I quote, this I take to be a disastrous error uh, in spite of the fact that we're having to fight for civil rights, don't give up on America or Christianity. But here's what he says. Dr. King says... Um, it would be disastrous for the American Negro to be in the hip pocket of one political party. <laughs> and, and what he says is, he says, look, I've, uh, I'm voting Republican when they align with my biblical principles. And, and that's how it is. 
Look, this is not a Republican or Democrat show. It's a show about biblical worldview. But Dr. King said it would be disastrous for the, the black vote to be in, quote, the hip pocket of one party, which is precisely what happened. And, and can you imagine the meltdown that's happening right now and this factual information of someone I highly respect. He's one of my in the natural uh, cultural heroes. Amen. I've sure. read a lot of him and about him. Same here. And, and, and he was truly of the Lord. And I remember when the Lord, I was just praying and the Lord uh, was leading me in some, some stands I needed to make. Uh, when did Dr. King protest? And I thought, well, it was in the daytime. It was in the light. All of his protest was in the light. Amen. Where are the protests happening now? Burning cities down, looting, killing. They're in the dark. They're in the dark. Yeah. Uh, one is of the dark and one is of the light. Yeah. So, uh, and by the way, his niece, Dr. Alveda King, is a personal family friend. She has spoken for us in our conferences. She's a godly, godly woman. She was there, and she'll tell the story of one Sunday afternoon after church. They were in the, the living room, and they gathered to pray and think about the, the civil rights movement. By the way, a lot of people don't really realize this, but uh, Dr. King's ministry, there was a checklist, and it's in the book, Why We Can't Wait. If you wanted to engage in peaceful, nonviolent protest. He said that constantly, but go ahead. Yes. Um, you had to go off this checklist, and then they would assign mentors before you were given permission. And the first one, this was the Southern Christian Leadership Coalition. Christian. Number one, I will meditate daily on the life and teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the number one thing. And on and on I could go. And, and you had to commit to not uh, engage in vandalism or violence. And so he's one of my cultural heroes as well. Yeah. But we do need to pray. And, and I think about this as well, like 1 Timothy 2.2 for kings and for a peaceable well, life in all godliness. Look, I get to do what I want at least for a while on this program. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I want you to pray. And I want you to, and Miles, are you still with us? Yes, yes. I, I want you to uh, um, pray with us. Uh, I, I want you to think for a minute, and I'd like to give you an opportunity, Miles, to, to pray a simple prayer. We'll pray first, and then I'll come back to you, and, and I'd like for you to pray uh, with what's on your heart, because obviously God's put you on this heart or you wouldn't have called. It's definitely on our hearts. Again, I've not prayed for all my leaders like I should have. And so part of my prayer, I'll, I'll, I'll just pray quickly. Let me just pray and then I'll, I'll, mine will be short. We'll go to Alex and then Miles, if you would, if you're comfortable, I'd like you to end this segment uh, with your own just simple prayer. Father, I just thank you for your love for us, first of all, and your mercy and forgiveness. Lord, I've not always prayed like I should. I've not always done what I should. But Lord, I want to do right. I want to be right. I always want to make things right when I'm convicted by the Holy Spirit. And so I do pray that the eyes of all of our politicians, from, from dog catcher to president, for our House of Representatives, for our Senate, that our eyes would be opened and that we would know the hope of our calling and that the riches of the glory of, of the inheritance we have in Christ would be practical and that we would see your kingdom come. I pray your will be done in Washington as it is in heaven. 
Forgive me for being cynical at times. Forgive me for being discouraged. But you told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done as it is in heaven on this earth. And so I pray for these men and women, first of all, that their souls would be saved, even when they leave office. When they leave office, you've not given up on them. And so I pray their eyes be open and that they come to know Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me and cleansing me Mm. of not being all I need to be and help me to do better in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just agree with everything Dwayne prayed. I say yea and amen. And Lord, we pray, we intercede for the United States of America. Lord, we need your help. We have a wonderful constitution. We're not following it. So please restore our nation, Father God, so that we could serve you and that America could be such a big force in the Great Commission. But Lord, I pray for President Biden and his wife, Jill. I pray for Kamala Harris, our vice president. I pray for their cabinet. I pray for Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who is so left. I pray for John Fetterman from Pennsylvania. I pray for James Carville, Bill Maher. I pray for Joy Behar on The View, and Lord, so many hundreds of others that are very much to the liberal, to the left, to the woke. First of all, dear Jesus, I pray that you would save their soul. Even right now, convict them of their sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, draw them to you. Let them repent of their godless worldview. Let them turn to Jesus and be born again. And Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would sweep across this country like a tidal wave. Father God, that you would rule and overrule, that you would restrain evil. And Lord, I also, in the spirit of 1 Timothy 2, 2, Lord, I pray for whoever our next president would be. Lord, I know there are candidates. And Father God, this is not about people or personalities. This is about righteousness. This is about truth. This is about the honor and the glory of your name. Protect candidate Trump. Protect all of the candidates. Father, judges or activists that would obstruct truth and constitutionalism. Father, kick open the doors that no man could open. Shut the doors that no man could shut. Father, in the name of Jesus and for your glory and for the revival of your church and the awakening we need, Lord, thy will be done. Amen. Thy will be done in Jesus' name. We ask it. Miles, did you have anything you'd like to just say or pray? Sure. Just, just real quick. Uh, thank you, Father God, for your love. You're so kind. Uh, I know from my own experience that you've been so patient, yes. allowing me time to repent of my sins and to change and to draw me. I totally agree with everything Dwayne and Alex have brought before your throne of grace. And Lord, I also agree with all they've said. But most of all, Lord, I pray, Lord, that for the United States, that you would uh, just speak to so many individuals, Lord, individuals that are complacent about what's going on in this country Yes, Lord. and wake them up, Lord. Uh, I pray for our president and vice president and their families. Yes. Lord, that you would, uh, your spirit would just draw them to you, Lord, to a time of repentance 
and I pray that they become born again. Yes, and yes. Their religion will not take them to heaven. Mm. Only a relationship with God and the Amen. Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you Hallelujah. so much, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Let me encourage the audience. We're running out of time. Um, I mean, we could spend hours praying and not cover the heart of God. But Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 9 that the, that the harvest is plenteous, the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into the harvest. And so Miles and Alex and I agree in prayer yes, yes. for Jesus, the Lord of the harvest, to send laborers across everyone we spoke out and called their name. Jesus, we're praying and believing for you to send a laborer across their path, someone that can connect someone that can touch a seed and water a seed that's been sown. There's always hope for everybody to come into the kingdom of God. Never give up hope, brothers and sisters. Never give up on the power of prayer and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that was fun. We've only got a, a little over a minute. Uh, we probably can't get into anything heavy. Uh, is there anything on your heart in closing? Well, I just want to say thank you for letting me be on the program. Uh, this is a whole other story, but uh, two years ago I wrote a book called The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. Now, and I've been on a bunch of radio shows and I said, I'm working on this book. Well, an unmarked envelope showed up on my doorstep in Greensboro, North Carolina. I opened it up. And it was a page of papers that said, I work for the Democrat Party. I'm on the inside. Uh, Alex, I'm very concerned. Here is what Biden is going to do if he's elected. Now listen to this. And there were like 25 things. And I put it in my book, folks. Oh, wow. Published by Harrison House Publishers, The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. He said he would forcibly keep the borders open. He, he would forgive all student loan debt. They want to federalize law enforcement, abolish, and basically turn this into a police state. Now, in my book, and I, and I, I told the publisher, I said, look, I got this unmarked envelope on my front doorstep one day, and it's real. It's in my book. They're doing it. Hey, my home is in heaven, but till I get there, I'm in America. Let's preserve it. Amen. We have to occupy. Jesus said, occupy uh, till he comes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry I'm having this thought of, of, of people coming at you, calling America occupiers. We're occupiers. Well, as Christians, we are occupiers of a higher kingdom in this earth. We are in the world, but not of it. So we need to engage in the kingdom principles and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so, far, so much for being a part of Truth and Liberty. See you soon. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.